0: What did I just say? twenty-one gigawatts! What the hell is a gigawatt? Doesn't sound like the usual mindless, boring, getting-to-know-you chit-chat. Welcome into the Green Insider, powered by eRenewable, Power Chat Edition. We welcome to the program, once again, Preston Oxner from Oxner Interest. Preston's going to be talking about all things ERCOT, as well as some of the changes that have been proposed to the Texas energy market and what he sees happening down the line with that. Preston also touches on the performance of ERCOT this summer, as well as winterization efforts, plus what's ahead for the rest of 2021. So without further ado, from Oxner Interest, please welcome Mr. Preston Oxner.
1: You know, what I can answer better is probably where I think it will go and you know, where it's historically gone for the last 20 years, is uh, it'll go to the side of the larger generators, the Vistras, the NRGs, uh, the Calpine's potentially. So it'll go to something that looks better for them. You can argue if the current structure is good for them or, or not, but all things being equal, they're the ones with the legislative power. They're the ones with the bigger dollars. And and again, nothing against them. I'm working with those uh, several of those people today. So I think uh, the world of them. But that's where things will tend to shake out. Uh, I see the governor, you know, the lieutenant governor, the legislators making a lot of noise, as Shelby referred to or mentioned about, you know, wholesale change, turn everything around, fix the whole system. Uh, In reality, I think that'll be much more tapered and measured I believe you'll see incremental changes around the edges versus a wholesale market reform.
0: Texas has always been very friendly to the renewable energy sector. Do you think that relationship will suffer, or do you think it's going to change a whole lot as a result of these changes that they're proposing to make?
1: I think the renewable uh, development you know, has suffered already since February 14th. I think it will continue to suffer some in the short to midterm, short to midterm being for me six months to a year. I think after that time frame, it will come back stronger, potentially stronger than it was. So some of the key players in that renewable field were burnt uh, because of the prices in ERCOT in February. So they're on the sidelines or most of those people on the sidelines now. Uh, There may be some additional costs imposed, as you said, on renewable energy, but that will be, uh, you know, I presume and it looks to be Shared equally, you know, or same playing field for all renewable projects. So renewables not going to stop. Renewables only got more, you know, power behind it with the Biden administration. Uh, they're going to push everything to 100% renewable. Granted, FERC doesn't have control over ERCOT, but uh, you know, the the federal government certainly has influence over tax policy and everything else. So the renewable trend will pick up uh, where it was and and get stronger in the next six to 12 months
0: have you seen any other conversation come about changing some of that legislation with regards to uh new installations being more winterized
1: uh not necessarily new i have seen for existing so there's
0: a weatherization
1: bill you know I, i can't quote you the details on that but i do know that that's something that now ERCOT has the ability to have a little bit more teeth than they did before on weatherization of existing plants and facilities And you bring up a good point. Uh, I would make a distinction in my comments between on renewable between wind and solar. So uh, I should mention that and be clear about that. I'm much more bullish on solar than I am on wind. So wind certainly, as you mentioned, uh, you know, can benefit for some weatherization. Solar, I, you know, I don't know there's much you can do other than have someone go out there and sweep the snow off in the rare instances it snows. So I should make a distinction in my comments, you know, on renewables between wind and solar. I think they have different paths and different values in the market. Solar's great. I think solar has a great deal of potential to grow in ERCOT. I'm looking at numbers there was 3460, 3,460 megawatts of solar uh, online capacity at the start of the summer, according to ERCOT according to ERCOT, they plan to add 2,796 megawatts just during the summer period. So almost double what you had um, before the summer going into the summer. So I think that speaks for itself. But then also think, uh, you know, at a macro level, how much can the market support? Uh, You know, can we get to 100% renewable? Uh, Maybe, you know, I think there's a decent chance in my lifetime I'm 47, you know, maybe we do get 100 percent renewable with battery storage. Uh, but practically, you know, where I see us getting in the midterm is I looked at California yesterday and, and there's a lot of things I don't like about California, but they, they are a pretty good example in renewables and how much the system will support. They probably tested the upper end of that, uh, in my opinion. California, 34% renewables. So I think that's a, a decent starting point or proxy for where ERCOT can get in the midterm. So if ERCOT gets to that and most of that solar during the day, that gives you 29,533 megawatts of what I think is realistic solar potential in the midterm. So there, there's a lot of room for growth for solar. Some of the other technologies, battery is starting to uh, be added to some of these projects. Battery is certainly contemplated on most if not all new solar projects, Uh, hydrogen, I I see that being a kind of fantasy almost.
0: Really? Is it just because right now the the feasibility of it and the cost just doesn't make sense?
1: Uh, Yes, that's right. So right now, solar, you know, I looked at the report, they've got solar, North Hub, uh, you know, North Zone of ERCOT, $27. That's just incredibly cheap. Why would you do anything else? You can get solar for $27. Hydrogen is multiples of that, tens of multiples of that, probably. $27 Twenty-seven dollars works in this market all day. Twenty-seven dollars is the lowest price that I would see for energy uh, probably since the market opened. I mean, outside of wind. Uh, so uh, just you know, do as much twenty-seven dollar stuff as you can, and
0: then you know, figure out what to do from there. For as bad as they were in February, ERCOT's done a pretty good job of handling things this summer.
1: I I would agree with that, and prices haven't been that volatile. We haven't seen $9,000 prices, at least not to my knowledge, for any period of time. So I would agree with that. Um, You know, I think Brad Jones is still the interim CEO. Uh, I know Brad a little bit, not real well, but I've had some experience in with ERCOT. I served on the Wholesale Market Subcommittee, so I have some experience with Brad decades ago. And Brad seems to be a a good guy. He seems to be very confident. He seems to be a good fit for the position. So I would have faith in Brad Jones running
0: or cut. Four and a half months left of the year. What are you looking at from a Preston-Oxner standpoint with the uh, the energy market the rest of the year?
1: Yeah, most of my focus today and activity is on retail energy m a So I have several deals there working. Uh, there are different views on when the capital gains tax increase will go into effect. Uh, I'm not a tax attorney. Some people think that's retroactive or will be retroactive. Some people think it'll be end of the year. Either way, it's driving deal activity in my space because, you know, no one, no one I know at least likes paying additional capital gains tax. So that's a big driver of deals for me between now and the end of the year. More broadly in the renewable space, I mentioned, you know, the end of the year, probably not within that six month to 12 month time frame. So I think uh, you know, we saw the Microsoft uh, ERCOT deal. You may see some commercial, industrial PPAs get done between now and then, but I expect it'll be subdued.
0: Thank you so much for that, Mr. Oxner. Once again, you can catch all of the Green Insider episodes over at Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, eRenew.net, or wherever you get your podcast. Don't forget, we've got another episode coming up this week with Mr. David Smart from Biostar Renewable. And then, of course, last week we also had the one, the only, Miss Shelby Webb from the Houston Chronicle. And and of course we've got plenty coming up to end the year as well. We'll be at conferences all over the country so you do not want to miss that. Be sure to give us a follow on LinkedIn. That's eRenewable and the Green Insider Podcast. Follow our CEO and founder, Mike Niemer. And of course you can always connect with me on LinkedIn as well at Fred Davis. Thank you so much for listening to the program. This has been the Green Insider powered by eRenewable. We make going green easier.